This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's session of Markets Monday. Uh, what we do every Monday is we meet and then we discuss a few things regarding um, markets. Our markets have opened, specifically focusing on the Nairobi Securities Exchange um, and also just having a little bit of an outlook of how the market is performing a few minutes into trading. In today's session, we'll definitely be having a look at um, a few um, things that have been making headlines over the past few weeks regarding various stocks. Uh, this morning, there's news that has touched a little bit on Kakuzi um, PLC. Uh, there's also a lot um, that we also have in store for you. My name is Felix Wichang, and I'll be your host um, for today. The first thing that I would want to give you a little bit of a look at is how the markets performed over the past one week, technically the last week. Uh, on the on the last week, which was week 24, we saw the overall market activity of the Nairobi Securities Exchange really take a little bit of a decline. Um, we saw turnover for the exchange uh, come down by about 50%. And this was mainly because um, in the week before that was week 23, we saw a lot of activity on the banking sector with counters such as NCBA leading in terms of market activity. But in this week, um, now that is week 24, what we were really looking at um, as well was a, probably a decline in, in the banking sector. As Faricom still imagine um, the top company that was trading on the stock, on the stock exchange. Uh, and also one of the things that we also got to notice was um, a little bit of um, activity as well on companies like East African Breweries Limited. Uh, e- oh, sorry, East African Breweries PLC. So, um, I know that's one company that a lot of guys are also just trying to look into. Um, we know that um, East African breweries was, was hit a little bit by the pandemic um, in the previous year. And so uh, there's, a, there's a lot of um, guys are a little bit optimistic on how the company is likely to perform uh, in the current uh, financial year. In case, in case you haven't, one of the things that I know we shared this morning was the Hissa newsletter. Uh, the Hisa newsletter basically giving you a little bit of oversights of what's really happening on the market. What is it that you need to know? What is it that you need to have? A few tips here and there on what you as an individual, you can be able to just um, sort of ha- have your hold into. You can take a look at it. Um, if you receive it on your email this morning, you definitely want to just uh, open, just, just open it and then just um, have a little bit of a look onto it as well. So that's one thing that I know um, is very interesting. So looking at the overall performance of the NSC indices, the benchmark called share index, that is NASI, um, chose slightly upwards last week, adding about 0.05. That's relative 0.03. The 25 share index uh, was down about 10.71. And then uh, the 25 share index gained. So in last week's activity, we saw both NASI and the NSC 25 share index um, record some gain. And then on the other end, we were also looking at um, uh, the NSC 20 share index um, drop about 10.71%.
one of the things that happened last week on the market is, um, and, and this is actually interesting um, in, in relation to to, to today's um, newsletter by Hisa, last week we saw most of the contracts on the Nairobi Securities Exchange derivatives market um, expire. So what what usually happens is the contracts on the derivatives market usually have a certain level. They have um, maturity dates. So at, at the end of every three months, um, a contract would definitely expire. So the contracts that were valid, um, the the June contracts uh, expired last week. That, those were the 17th June contracts actually expired last week. Uh, and then now one of the things that we're also just trying to look at um, that I believe was very interesting is we had 300 contact, contracts trade on the derivatives exchange. Uh, the value is still slightly small, so there's a little bit of there's, there's still more activity that the exchange needs to really do in terms of of of, um, of derivatives trading because with 300 contracts and we only have um, a valuation of about 10.4 million uh, stocks trading, you know, I believe that's one thing that is really on the call. Um, the week-on-week turnover, as we mentioned earlier on, uh, had a decline of about 50%. Uh, uh, that is 66 million valued at 2.3 billion. So you're seeing the turnover on this side really being a little bit weak as compared to the previous week where we had turnovers of about 4.8 billion uh, trading on uh, 137 million shares. There's sort of like a decline uh, across across board. Uh, even even looking at it from a point of in terms of trading, you're seeing Safaricom is still maintaining a lot of activity on the exchange. Um, over turnover, for turnover of 2.3 billion, and Safcom is still covering 1.1 billion. Still a little bit of a risk. I know we've always mentioned that. That's something that we might not really want to talk about today. But one of the things that uh, I think was really interesting was the fact that you, you we're seeing companies like on the construction sector, we're seeing um, Bamburi Cement picking up and uh, trading about 1 million shares um, during the week. Still a little bit small. On the manufacturing side, that is what really I know a lot of guys wanted to just really look into, where EABL um, traded about 1.8 million shares, valued at 362 million uh, on the market. In terms of share activity, I think EABL um, was the fifth uh, in terms of trading, because we think actually was the third uh, in terms of trading, because Safaricom had 1.1 billion and then equity had um, shares about 432 million and then on the other side um, east african breweries came in with uh, about um, 362 million so on the entire sector we're seeing that there's a lot of activity uh, because even bat at the same time had quite some number of shares traded about 30,000 shares you know for bat to move even a thousand shares on the market that's one thing because of the price uh, BAT was down uh, during the week about 3.1% uh, to trade at a price, um, a fairly a stable price, because at 3% still within a stable range uh, for trading. Uh, so BAT was down about 3.12%. Now, looking at how markets have opened today, and what I'll just do is give you guys a little bit of insights about how various stocks that we've mentioned uh, have performed. We're seeing uh, equity uh, is the top loser literally today i wouldn't call it a loser but it, it, it's posted the largest decline okay 
just as we were speaking, <laughs> equity gained. So the Nairobi Securities Exchange, that's NSE, the stock, not the company, has has shed about uh, 1.94%. So still a little bit of low activity on the other end. Uh, we're seeing Flimtree uh, as the top gainer, having about 9.38% uh, in share price uh, gain during today's session. Uh, the markets have just opened. It's just 30 minutes into trading. So I think it's still a little bit early to call who's really going to be on the on the losing end and who's going to be on the gaining end. So uh, there's still a little bit of more activity that as investors I know we'll really be looking into. Uh, if you're wondering where to get the data, as usual, you can download the HISA app and just create your account. You'll be able to get um, the markets, who's gaining, who's losing. Uh, I think it will be something interesting for us as a market because on the other hand, on volumes, we're also seeing Safaricom still waking up on a Monday and already moving uh, 243,000 shares, uh, followed by Kenya Re. Uh, Kenya Re is up about 1.65% uh, um, in trading hours. Uh, demand still quite solid um, on Kenya Re. That's one thing that I know most of us would really be looking into. Uh, and don't forget that with the next update that's coming in on the HISA app, you definitely would want to, you should be expecting the order book coming in as well. Uh, on the loser side, just to give you guys a little bit of an overview, we have NSE, we have Centum, CIC, uh, TransCentury, and Safaricom being the losers, the top five losers in today's session. On the gainer side, we have Flametree, um, Scan Group, Home Africa, uh, Britam Holdings, and HF Group, uh, that's housing finance. Uh, one of the things that I'm really getting to notice is Usually when markets open, mostly on Monday, you know we see a lot of activity, mostly on, on the penny stocks, uh, where you're seeing stocks that are trading and and mostly on the, com the companies that have always been seen as those companies that lack strong fundamentals, companies like Flametree, uh, sorry, companies like Home Africa, Uchumi, uh, being on the gainer side. I wouldn't want to bring Flametree into the list of companies that don't have strong fundamentals. I believe Flametree still has a little, I, I actually think it does, it has a little bit of uh, fundamentals on the other side. Giving you guys also data on the order book, which I believe should be coming in within the next, within the next few, two weeks, you should have the next update of the HISA app. Um, we talked about Bamburi and Bamburi, the demand, uh, on bid currently we're seeing 22,300 and then the offers that's the supply is 24,000 still fairly flat to call uh, to call it off in the in, in the morning uh one thing that i know we'd want to let, let me look onto something today that's home africa which is emerging flame tree and home africa which are actually uh, the top gainers on the market with flame tree about 9.3 percent and home africa just about um about 2.4%. Uh, if you look on Flametree, you're seeing there's, there's more supply, but it's just a single supply. The bids are 5,200 spread across 1.16, um, and the supply is, is, is about um, 15,100. <clears throat> so let me tell you something about bidding and offering on the market. If, if bids are spread from 1.16 all the way to 1.28 and supply is at um is at 1.4 you're seeing the supply is held by one individual one of the things that most of the time you never really get to see um is the splits on the market the splits would usually just give you an overview of 
how many people are actually willing to sell or how many people are actually willing to buy in the market. An example is if there are two splits at 15, then you know very well that it's two people who are holding. And that that could there could always be a good news and a bad news. But when one individual is holding more supply than the demand, I think there could be a concern a little bit on that um, for me. Home Africa, we're seeing demand is 202,000 and supply is 344,000. Uh, supply is from 0.45 all the way to 0.42 and demand is as a low, uh, as, as, low as um, 0.38. Something that I know, it's also interesting, I know we'll really be looking into as well. Some of the companies that made headlines over the past week, we saw Kenjan um, come in as well um, with some of the news really coming in. But let me first go on to Kakuzi, because um, I know there's there's interesting news on Kakuzi um, this morning. Really, depending on from what angle are you really looking at the news from, where Kakuzi is actually withdrawing a, a lawsuit that it lodged at um, at Kenya's high high court in March. Uh, that is when it it was actually accused by the Kenya Human Rights Commission of of using the law to silence um, a few of the critics. So I know this is one of the things. Um, Kakuzi is is a major supplier to British um, supermarkets in, in in most of their avocado, which is the the major thing that I know most of us are usually looking at Kakuzi from. It's very interesting that last week, I think uh, last month, um, we actually saw that the returns that 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 we saw in in, in avocados compared to most of the other commodities was was way way higher. So that's one thing that I know. Um, it's 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 one of the things that we we are riding on. We are hoping that the demand continues and Kakuzi continues producing um quality products as well, which I believe is one of the things that we're looking into. Um, so Kakuzi um and it's not really reacting on the news, but supply is at one thousand two hundred, demand is just at four hundred. One of the things and one of the challenges that as an investor, I think I receive from the exchanges, you might want to buy Kakuzi. It's a very good company, but the challenge is the entry price, um, the, the total amount that a normal retail investor would need to really um, buy into. You know, you want to buy Kakuzi, you want to buy 100 shares. And for, for you to buy just 100 shares, you would need at least um, even if you're bidding at, at 362 per share, you know, you'd need at least 36,000. The same 36,000 would give you around around 800 shares um, for Safaricom, you know, around 900 shares for Safaricom. So uh, it's very interesting on, on how some of these things really move on the market. And it's not only Kakuzi, one of the things that I know we're really hoping to bring in as Hisa is to allow you to just buy fractions of these shares. Imagine where you can bid for just maybe a tenth of a stock. You only have 30 bob and you can buy. If Kakuzi is trading at 300 per share, you can be able to buy a fraction of this share at 30 bob. I know that's one thing. Um, at Hisa, we're really hoping that um, with the regulator's approval, we'd be able to really launch that into play. Centum has had a little bit of activity as well. Uh, slightly over the, uh, towards the end of the week, Centum uh, posted a little bit of some gains, um, and also you know there's um there was not really seen as corporate action, but uh, there was a change um, in Centum a little bit with one of the investor that's um, 
Chris Kirubi was a director and shareholder and investor in the company uh, passing away earlier last week. So this really saw a little bit of a positive gain um, on the company. Probably um, investors still have confidence in the company, the company's management led by um, James Moria. But in today's session, we're seeing Centum is on the is actually on the losing end with um, a slight decline. That's why what I mentioned earlier on in the disclaimer is that you need to just figure out because it's still too early to call shots on the market. Um, right now, Centum is just about down about 1.29% on trading, and demand um, is about 148,300. Uh, with t- demand being um, from 1510 and that's 15 shillings and 10 cents and then supply on the other hand is at uh, about 203,600 so we're seeing that coming in here at uh, at about 1530 that's the first supply that's there on the board is at around 1530 uh one of the things one of the companies that personally for me I'd be looking at this week could be Kenya Power we saw their plans by the government to actually allocate to Kenya Power some funds, about $5 billion. Um, if KPLC would use some of these in just paying the government, paying Kenjan, uh, I think it would have a ripple effect on, on, on the two companies. So that's one thing that for me, personally, I'm really looking into and just having a, an overview on. But Davis, you want to come in on that? Yeah, uh, I think I can share my comments now before I have to uh, head on back to work. Um, so, with regard to KPLC, it's almost as if the payment that they're receiving is like a pass-through. Because literally, all that's happening is this amount, and the government had promised $12 billion. The government is actually um, one of the largest trade payable uh, accounts, or no, trade receivable accounts for KPLC. So, the government is the one that owes KPLC the largest amount of money, uh, which is around $12 billion. They had promised to pay this whole amount in 2020. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Now they've promised the $5 billion. We're yet to see the outcome of that. But you have to realize that these payments, they'll just reach KPLC and pass through to other companies. That's um, Kenjan and other IPPs. Because the debts uh, that KPLC has to these companies is should be in excess of thirty billion. I, I, I believe to Ken to Kenjan alone, it's uh, somewhere around 23, 24 billion there, thereabout. And so, as you've mentioned, these, these two companies, KPLC and Kenjan, they affect each other. So, what happens to KPLC will affect Kenjan, especially going forward. Because Kenjan is taking on so much debt to increase their geothermal capacity as they um, seek to go off uh, thermal uh, ways of generating electricity to more uh, renewable ways such as geothermal, which will take up majority of the power generation mix. As they seek to do that, they'll increase their debt by, I believe, $1 billion. That's 100 billion Kenya shillings going forward now the problem with this is the forex costs uh, going forward as the shilling continues to depreciate um kenjan's uh, for, forex losses continue to increase for kplc for example when they trade in other currencies or when they make these losses these are passed through costs and that they are passed through to the final consumer but for kenjan this isn't the case uh, they assume this loss and how this loss occurs is that the interest expenses will go up quite significantly um, unfortunately, and so uh, there really is a lot of problems going forward. The, 
when I start looking at Kenjan is maybe around 2023-2024 when a lot of the power uh, generation goes online and they'll have huge tax credits, tax credits that usually average around 32-33% of profit before taxes. So they'll announce huge profits then, but now with the oversupply of electricity, all these variables going forward, the fact that there's non-payment on the part of KPLC and Kenjan can't force them to do so, uh, to make these payments in light of the government being a majority shareholder in both companies, it's a lot of risk going forward. Um, anyway, and to answer your earlier questions, just in case I can't come back, um, can't just, can't, companies I'm looking into are maybe Jubilee or still waiting for that Alliance deal to uh, be finalized, maybe a special dividend to be announced. I know a share buyback was announced um, going forward, which will of course increase the earnings per share for the company and uh, subsequently, shareholders will really profit from that. I'm imagining if a dividend payout of even just 20% uh, is announced because Jubilee's dividend payout is, tends to be low. So 20% of that 7 billion, that should be a dividend yield of above 10%, which will be you know, quite significant, quite good for shareholders. Maybe another company that's been doing well is EABL. Uh, in light of the closure of on-trade sales channels, uh, that's restaurants and bars, etc. There's a huge shift to on online, uh, so the online and other off-trade sales channels, and that really has bolstered up and kept the company afloat. Like they haven't lost as much as was expected. And then now we're seeing they're increasing their capacity by creating another plant uh, in their and their UDV subsidiary to increase uh, spirit capacity, which shows just how much demand has picked up. You know, because of uh, people have moved to mainstream spirits actually mainstream spirits i think is doing double digits growth if you look at half year 21 yeah so going forward possibly a company to also look into and it's also been been rallying in that particular regard yeah, those are my uh, comments all right uh thanks thanks a lot davis i know you did a deep dive into kenjan and you've also had a little bit of you've had an extensive look um into kplc so I believe your comments are, are really valid when it comes to that discussion. Uh, probably there might be just um, small-term gains for a few individuals who might have a little bit of activity um, on the exchange, uh, the, the technical traders, uh, so to speak. So if, if, if you're technical trading with the news on this, a uh, few activities here and there would really be good. Uh, one of the things which uh, Davis has mentioned, which I think is also interesting, is you know, it would really be important just for guys to also have a little bit of an overlook uh, on 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 Jubilee. Uh, so I think Jubilee and Allianz, the the whole unit came into effect. I think um, earlier this week. No, actually, kicks kicks in today. It's Monday. So what we're really hoping to look at is how how is the stock really going to perform. Uh, and also another thing that most of us are really looking into would be um, the various um, restructuring within the company. Because uh, Allianz actually said that they're looking at reducing the premium so as to sort of um, increase the uptake of insurance products um, in the country. So that's one thing that I know it's going to be a game changer because we've had a, we've, the country is, I wouldn't really say and underinsured if, if that's the term, but I think we really have uh, a low insurance penetration getting into uh, into the country. So that's one thing that I know um, has become a challenge. And if Jubilee, if, if, if Jubilee Alliance Insurance Company 
can can possibly make a few changes here and there and activate guys then um i know that's one thing that a lot of us would really be looking into and hoping that it would turn out on the positive edge um away from the market looking at the fixed income seg- uh, segment um last week the tbills guys are continuing to subscribe onto the tbills because last week we actually saw an over subscription by about um 152.9% uh that's week on week uh, in terms of activity on the on the fixed income segment uh the 91 day paper uh, was the highest um having a bids of about 8.2 billion against the offered uh, 4 billion so looks like investors are really really trying to get uh, sort of a safe haven which I don't know what would happen but if we had um, a much more liquid market for gold I'm sure guys would would have a lot of activity um on 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 the commodity space for gold because you think guys if 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 you're offering guys 4 billion and you're getting 8.2 billion uh, I think and and on the other hand we're seeing less activity on the stock market I I think guys are shifting we're seeing funds shifting from um the the equity space to the fixed income space which i think it's something that is very interesting as well so that's one thing that i really hope we would really be looking into even as we pick into trading as well um on the market uh yields on the papers uh, declined uh, for the 90 so the 91 day uh where we we seeing um the 91 day really picking up about um dropping by about 10.4 to about 10.4 so some of this data i know some of this data like on the fixed income you might not get it on hisa app but you definitely want to check out as well on central bank so that these are reports that are released by cbk but i know we're finding ways we're working as well on ways at which we can be giving you guys data as well from um the the fixed income segment as well that's one thing that i know we'd really be looking into but then one thing that i know was also interesting is the bonds um we had uh, the results um from the bonds which are on offer and we seeing um fxd1 2019 20 and fxd1 2012 20 so let me explain to you how bonds really work if you're getting a bond where you're seeing fxd1 2012 20 that technically means that is a bond that was issued it's a fixed rate bond issued in 2012 and it's, it's supposed to go for 20 years So um that means if you invested in this bond in 2012 um you still have about 11 more years uh, to hold on to it uh even on the fixed income space you see on the bonds market you seeing there was still oversubscribed by a rate of about um 216% fund managers um retail investors are all looking at a way of getting some stable returns from a market that has been hit uh for a very long time so i know that's one that could be a reason uh that overall activity on the markets have been quite on the decline apart from a few companies like safaricom which have been on the gain overall market activity from from 2016 uh we've seen quite a decline um, in terms of activity on the exchange and i know that's one thing that would really be interesting to a lot of investors um guys would always hope that when the market hits a certain bottom it would actually uh when it hits the bottom it would it would um regain in terms of activity and that's one thing that has been missing and a lot of investors are constantly trying to figure out um one way uh one way or another generally to just uh, come into it so uh, that's it i believe um that's it for me um really looking on to 
Uh, I know Davis has added he's really looking on to Jubilee. For my end, I'll still be looking on to KPLC and Kenjin. Uh, and just to give you guys heads up on how the two of them are performing, Kenjin is trading at about four shillings and 15 cents. That's on the offers, about 300 shares on offer, 300,000 shares on offer, sorry, and uh, 255,000 on demand. Uh, the supply is quite spread out from 4:30 all the from 4:15 all the way to 4:30, which has the largest supply of about 161,000. The demand on the other side is also spread out, but on the lower edge because we're seeing guys bidding at um, 3.95, between 3.91 and 3.95. That's where the bulk of the demand um, is really, really lying into. So that's one thing that I know we'd really, we'd also really be focusing into. Uh, KPLC demand is um 203,000 and supply is at a whole 614,400 that's quite huge uh supplies um a bulk of the supply about 400,000 shares uh, are on offer at um at 1 shilling and 40 cents and the sub the demand is on the other hand at about 1 shilling and 30 cents so there's a 10 cents difference between where the bulk of the demand and the bulk of the supply is. So if you're bidding on to KPLC, you might want to bid somewhere between that range so that in case one of them really wants to move the market, then um, you can actually be able to get some of this. But also at times it might be good to just um, bid below that price just in case the market. An example is if you might want to bid, uh, bulk is at one 130. So you might want to bid maybe at about um, 129 or lower, um, depending on the price that we should want to look at. Once again, remember that what we discuss here on the HISA app, on the on the podcast, is not really about, it's not an investment advice, and you need to do your own research before you can be able to make any trade or any purchase on the market. So always remember that in the market. Um, and to give you guys a final heads up, if there are any changes on the market, again, before uh, we call today, I think it's still the same, but we're seeing a new entrant, Longhorn, Longhorn is just coming in close after Centum. So there's a relation between Centum and Longhorn where Centum uh, holds about 51% um, share, shareholding in Longhorn. Uh, but that's not really a decline, would not really be what you'd attribute to the share price decline um, for Longhorn publishers. Um, and still on the gainer side, it's still literally the same. But here's a heads up and here's um, something that a disclaimer that I would also give you guys before you make a purchase, before you buy that Flame Tree Home Africa uh, scan group um, and housing finance, um, and even Britam, you need to know the liquidity where Flame Tree has only gained about, has only traded about 100 shares. Uh, Home Africa has traded about um, 1,200, scan group only 100, housing finance only 200, and um, Britam Holdings on the other side has traded just about one. 1,100 shares. On the loser side as well, it's only probably CIC that has traded about 13,800, but the rest of them are still less than 5,000. Even Centum, which is down 1.29%, has only traded 4,000 shares. Uh, the NSE, about 2,000 shares. Um, Longhorn, 1,000. And Transcentury, only 500 shares that are traded on the market. So that's I, I know that's one thing as well that's coming into play um, for you as an investor as well. Um, still a little bit of activity, so it's still, still, it's still too early, literally, to call the shots. But there are a lot of companies that you need to look into this week, um, and so probably on Wednesday evening we can be able to just 
have another discussion as well during the bulls bears and risky session where we talk about what's really moving markets midweek we have a general mid midweek overview of what has happened and what is it that is really changed on the market uh, i believe that's it for me um if you have any comments if you have any thoughts please feel free uh go to the hisa app um and from the app there you can just be able to just comment uh something that you feel you you might want us to have a discussion over something that you feel that um you might also um maybe something that we mentioned and you want to comment on to it uh so you, you can download the app and you can also actually get access to the previous podcast um uh, others that we've had various interesting issues about so there's a lot more that's coming and also trading on his side supposed to be coming in very soon uh we'll be able to update you guys on that as soon as we're done with the regulator thank you all for attending today's session uh, my name is felix ochen have a good week ahead <music>